Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Casa Walsh, Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and on today's episode, we are going over season six, episode eight called Gypsies, Cramps, and Fleas, and it premiered on November 1st, 1995. So the episode starts out. We see Donna has just woken up. She's obviously at the beach apartment. She wakes up to, she hears some noise on the porch as she goes outside, and who is it but Ray? He's putting pumpkins on the porch and all these pumpkins, and he brings her, he says it's an anniversary present, because apparently uh, they met around, I guess this is the Halloween episode, they met, um, I guess, on, I guess around Halloween last year, so it is their one year anniversary, even though they're not together, but he thinks that they are. Uh, she tells him that they have nothing to celebrate and he's like I'm trying here but she's done she's over it she does not want to be with him anymore which makes sense because he is an abusive guy so anyways uh Tony then shows up with Halloween decorations and makes a joke um well this is actually funny she comes up she shows up at Dylan's house she brings some Halloween decorations so he can decorate the house and he's holding up this uh you know skeleton and he makes a dig at David he goes oh I didn't realize David Silver was coming which is kind of funny that he said that also he's really skinny himself too so I don't know why he's saying David's skinny I mean him and yeah David and Dylan I think are the skinniest of the guys not saying that Steve and Brandon are not skinny but they're Steve's more built and I don't know but it was kind of funny uh you most people probably didn't catch that but being that this is probably the 7,000th time that I've seen this episode I caught it so um, we then see uh, when he opens the door to put the skeleton on the front door, he sees a kitten and he says, oh, this could be trouble. Obviously, Tony wants the uh, puppy because Tony is a sweet, you know, lovely person. So she wants it to take the kitten in and he um, he's like, oh, no. But she says that she wants to call the kitten trouble so they now have a kitten named trouble it's actually a really cute little black kitten so then you notice i noticed no one i mean i guess it's a show where did rocky go did we ever discuss this i don't think we did no one has a dog or a pet i was gonna say and then i was like oh wait they had rocky is it i guess maybe donna's parents we donna does not have the the puppy anymore there's no puppy at the beach apartment so and that was rocky too they got where is the puppy it's been a year because remember when ray went over to donna's house with donna they went to go walk the dog so i guess it's at her parents house but i feel like we've been to her parents house since then and we have not seen rocky too so the, the dog is gone they forgot about it <laughs> so then we see claire at the beach apartment with a deck of tarot cards and apparently she can read tarot cards she gets the lover card for herself kelly and don are quizzing her about steve and kind of joking around about it so you know just kind of 
you know, they're, they're interested to see what's going on with her and Steve because, um, they've been hanging out a lot and there's been some, you know, there's been some stuff brewing with them. So we then see Brandon is trying to get Susan to go with him to this Halloween bash at the After Dark. She tells him that, um, she'll meet him there because she has something going on before, but she can't really tell him about it. Um, she's being a little secretive, but, uh, She's just saying, oh, well, I'll be there, but I'll meet you there. Steve is then talking to football players um, in the student union. And I guess they're talking about kind of just superstitious stuff about, you know, being athletes. And we meet for the very first time the CU quarterback named Joe Bradley. Um, He is apparently in a class with Steve. And Steve introduces him to Donna. And Donna and Joe are talking. You kind of see that Joe definitely thinks Donna's cute. And he, you know, he's like, when can I see you again? And she tells him, are you going to the After Dark tonight for the Halloween party? And he says, well, I am now. So Donna might have met someone new. Um, which quarterback of the the school pretty impressive donna if you do land him or if something happens there i won't say if it does but we'll find out so claire is then looking at her lover tarot card when steve come by comes by to talk and he says to her you know i've been thinking about it and i think that we are much better off at being friends and you can see she's kind of annoyed, but she's, she doesn't want to be the one to be like, well, no, I think we should try things. So she's kind of like, well, I do too. Let's stick to being friends. And then immediately, just because it's Steve and Claire and how they operate with each other, they go back to bickering like they used to. So as of right now, they've decided we're not going to cross the line, even though we almost did or whatnot. We are going to be friends and friends only that bicker a lot because that's pretty much what we do. So then we see a woman named Madame, Madame Raven, who is apparently some fortune teller who's been hanging around at the peach pit. And she's talking to Valerie and says that she could read fortunes at the party for money. Valerie's not into it, but she's like, fine, it's a Halloween party. What the hell? We then see Colin next door working on his mural, and he is in a mood. So I think he's having some money problems now because he's not going to, um, he's not basically with his art dealer anymore. She's funding him. So he kind of needs some money, and he needs the Valerie to pay him for the mural, and he you know he's got to figure out what he's going to do about money because obviously this this woman was funding him and gotta deal with you know whatever they were dealing with so I don't know what I'm talking about um so David is talking to Madame Raven later and apparently she has a love potion he likes Valerie so he wants, he's kind of quizzing her about it and she promises it'll work with him and Valerie and he's thinking about it. He is, um, he kind of wants to go there. So he's like, maybe this will work. I don't know if he thinks that she doesn't like him or what, but he 
<laughs> I guess he wants to try the love potion. Um, then we see Kelly uh, carving some pumpkins on the deck at the beach apartment. And Colin shows up. She's still kind of annoyed at him. Um, we could see. And he wants her to come to the pit because he's unveiling his mural that night and she's like I'll think about it so she's definitely still annoyed at him about the whole thing I mean he kind of was prostituting himself so I totally get it but either don't talk to him anymore or just get over it at this point I mean I don't know what Kelly's thinking but whatever so Donna Dylan and Tony are playing with the cat and um he scratches her um so i'm assuming it's a male cat i don't know why i said he but the trouble the cat scratches her dylan says there's band-aids in the or disinfected whatever in the bathroom she goes inside underneath the sink she pulls out a first aid kit and what is in the first aid kit nothing for the first nothing for you know a scratch it is his handgun, the gun that I have said numerous times that I thought he got rid of, but apparently he still has it. She calls him in and she asks him what this is about. He does not, she does not like guns. She tells him that and she says, I want you to get rid of this. I don't feel safe with a gun in the house. Um, I mean, I, are, is she living with him now? She's not, but whatever. She doesn't feel... She does not feel that, uh, she doesn't want a gun in the house, which I mean, do, I wonder, does she, does she ever see a gun in her house? Because her dad, I mean, killed Jack or had someone kill Jack for him. Um, so, but I don't know. It's, it's something. So Donna shows up to meet with Ray and she tells him that she basically she wanted to go meet with him because she wants to have an understanding with him and she says that there I want to have fun at the party tonight I understand that you might be coming to the after dark which you're 100% allowed to it is a free country but I don't want you to be hovering on me I want to talk to people and I don't want you to bother me and he's just basically like, why is there someone that you're want to talk to that you don't want me, you know, because obviously she's talking about Joe. She wants to talk to Joe, but he says, you know, I'm going to win you back. And she's like, sure, whatever. And just, you know, kind of leave me alone tonight. So we then see Bruno is at Dylan's and he tells, I guess she is kind of living with him now because I guess the whole fight with her dad um, but Bruno comes by to tell Tony that her dad wants to talk and, you know, he, Bruno's just a good guy. And I think that he's obviously worked for Anthony Marsh had a very long time and he's obviously loves Tony like a daughter himself. So I think that he, you know, but he's a good guy. He doesn't get involved with the bullshit, it seems. Um, and it seems like they have a nice, sweet relationship, the two of them, um, but she's, you know, she's like maybe kind of, you know, she's not sold on the fact if she wants to talk to her father or not. So then Dylan comes home and she basically tells him about Bruno stopping by, about that, you know, how her father wants to meet them. And 
you know, from what Bruno told Tony, her dad just wants to kind of declare a truce completely. And, you know, I think she's just kind of mulling it over. I think Dylan doesn't fully buy it, but he, you know, he's not going to really get involved in that. It's not something that he... It's not his, I mean, he ha- it is his battle, but it's not his battle. It's her, her situation with her father, um, besides his whole issue with her dad. So Susan and Brandon show up um, at the Peach Pit, and um, she is holding a bunch of paper, Susan, drops some papers on the floor, and Madam Raven runs into her and is helping her pick it up. She spots that she has a letter from someone named Jonathan Caston, and she, you know, she's kind of got a look on her face. So when, um, you know, Brandon walks away, Madam Raven says to Susan, does he know about the other boy? And, you know, she's trying to mess with her. I think clearly she's trying to get some money. This is, I think it's all bullshit that what this woman is selling, but she, you know, cause she saw that there was a name there. So she took a hunch um, so she goes to talk to her and apparently we find out that there is a guy named Jonathan Caston who is from Susan's past and that is probably, she probably was, I don't know if she was meeting up with him or having a conversation with him, but that's clearly what she's keeping from Brandon at the moment. So we then see Tony and Brandon are actually talking at the Peach Pit right now while Susan is dealing with, um, or talking to Madam Raven. Brandon runs into Tony, who's there, um, so they're talking. Her father comes in um, to meet with her, so she wanted to, obviously the father wanted to talk to Tony there, and he met her at the Peach Pit. So she straight up asks him in this conversation, did you kill Dylan's father? He says no, and she says did you have someone kill him? And he does not answer the question. He tells her to stay out of it. He doesn't look in her eyes. So she she realizes right then and there. He says, you know, Jack McKay's a bad guy. Like, trying to like, paint it out like Jack did something bad. Um, But it is apparent that Jack was killed by Anthony's orders. Um... And she comes home to Dylan. She's crying. She said, you were right. You're right about everything. So she now knows who her father is, what he is, what he did. Um, I'm just wondering. So we know that Jack was working with the FBI to, I guess, give information. He cut a deal and he was working with them. Uh, to give it information, I guess, on some guys. I am assuming Anthony Marchette, one of these guys, must have found out and had him taken out. That's the way it may, it seems to make the most sense um, for now. Um, yeah. So at the Halloween party, we see Brandon dressed as Marlon Brando from The Godfather. He's got seems like cotton balls in his mouth so he's got a you know talking about that uh susan is dressed as pocahontas which in the year 2021 i think that would be not okay um i yes if someone 100 percent true it, it would not be okay today if someone white woman dressed as pocahontas it would be 
talked about for sure not okay um ray is there with some dumb mask on he's wearing regular clothes but he's got a mask on like covering his face she can't really see you know that it's him and he's just being really like fucking creepy like snooping around in the background just staring at donna uh who is dressed as a devil she goes to talk to joe because she wants to talk to joe who is dressed as a sailor um brandon wants him and susan to go speak with madam raven to you know see what she has about their future or whatever susan's not interested i mean she's obviously because she knows that this woman has talked to her about uh jonathan her ex and doesn't want to talk to her about it or doesn't want brandon to find out but she finally comes clean to him and she says do you know who jonathan caston is he says yes he was the editor of the paper last year so apparently jonathan has since graduated Jonathan and Susan dated. So she said, that is why I was against workplace romances because she dated Jonathan and they are now broken up. So he's just like, all right, cool. Thanks for telling me. So he doesn't really care. Uh, Colin is dressed as a cowboy and presents his mural. Um, Again, not impressed. I am not impressed with his artwork. He says it's called Kelly's New York. Kelly is lurking in the background. She does show up. She's dressed as a cowgirl. So how convenient. They are both a cowboy cowgirl. And he dedicated this mural to her. Again, his artwork to me is very, um, I don't know. I'm going to say immature. It seems that... It's, I mean, I can't draw for shit, so I'm not, but they're made, they made him out like he's some amazing artist, and I just don't, I'm, I don't think any of his work is impressive. Um, no offense to the actual artist, but I think that it's just, um, I don't know, the way they explained him and all this stuff, like they, he's been written up and paid, like it's just, it's very immature. He drew buildings. Wow. Um, and he used, uh, I don't know. Like, I think artwork splattered on a canvas is better than the stuff that he does. But um, anyway, so they talk afterwards. He admits he checked with Donna with what her costume was going to be so they can match. So he obviously um, dressed as a cowboy, knowing she was going to be dressing as a cowgirl. And... He asks if she wants to dance, and it seems like because he dedicated this beautiful mural to her that she is willing to go and dance with him. So then we are at Dylan's house. Tony is so sad. She's on the couch crying. There's trick-or-treaters coming. Dylan's handling it, and he's trying to cheer her up, but she's just really just devastated completely about everything that happened with her father. Um which, I mean, makes sense because she just found out her father is not exactly who she thought he was. We then see David dressed as kind of like a jungle kind of guy. And he has the love potion that he got from Madam Raven. And Valerie, also dressed as a jungle girl. So they he bought the love potion, but they clearly came together dressed in a couple's costume. 
but he's going to try the love potion on her. So he goes over to Val, who is talking to Steve and Claire, who Steve's annoyed because he and Claire look like they are a couple um, because apparently I dream a genie when she's, I guess, just saying that she's genie and he claims that that's the Apollo 13 official outfit. And they're like, they were astronauts. And he's like, no, it is uh, their dress uniform. But they're, so they're, they look like a couple, but they're saying they're not. And they're all kind of standing there. And when Valerie, when everyone's like looking, David pours the, I mean, he's kind of like roofing Val, which is kind of funny, but he pours the love potion in Valerie's drink. And as Claire and Steve are arguing and everything, we see, um, I guess he poured the love potion in his drink and poured it in Valerie's. But as the confusion's going on and the arguing, we see Claire and Steve end up grabbing the glasses that have the love potion in, not Valerie and David. So that's, uh, they have the love potion and David and Valerie do not have the love potion. So we then see Donna dancing with Joe. She's having a great time. She likes him and Ray the creep uh, is just watching them and then he just comes right over. He is starting with her. She's like, please stop. Joe obviously has no idea what's going on. He's kind of just listening. And then Ray leaves like in a, you know, just being an asshole. Ray leaves and then Donna's apologizing to Joe and Joe's, you know, he's understanding. I think he's probably realized she just broke up with someone, but, you know, she's not into it. And I like this girl. So let's see what happens from this is what Joe, I assume, is thinking. So Valerie plays, um, pays Colin for the mural and he tells Kelly that he's going to take the assistant teaching job at CU that he was offered because uh, obviously he needs money and Kelly's happy. I think she's happy that he's not having a sugar mama pay him or I mean he was also sleeping with this woman. Um, I mean I assume uh, that he was sleeping with this woman for as she was buying his way but she's happy that he's going to do it his own way get assistant teaching job and you know all that so um then steve and claire uh head into the dressing room the background so the band the cramps are playing um they're a big uh they were big in the 90s um they had some cool songs so they're performing and while they're performing i guess steve and claire head into the dressing room and they're both like complaining about how hot it is they crank up the ac they're talking about how much they hate each other and then they just start going at it they start making out and it sees that steve and claire are going to do the deed is it steve and claire or is it the love potion we'll never know so after the peach pit party halloween party joe drives donna home and walks her to the door the nice guy that he does he tells her that he really likes her but there's clearly some stuff going on with her ex and maybe he should kind of step back for a minute um he says i'm really sorry but i think it's for the best so he gives her a kiss on the cheek good night and essentially goodbye so he's he leaves uh which she's a little disappointed about but when he walks away, we see Ray, like, 
is there like by the front door like hiding behind I don't know something so he kind of pops out and he said he was waiting for her he wants to talk to her she doesn't want to talk to him then he does his typical yelling and grabbing and he's very like very forceful with her and she's like oh you're hurting me Joe comes back Joe and Ray start fighting uh, Joe being the quarterback of a football team and Ray just being a, you know, guitarist. Clearly Joe is able to push Ray around and he's hurting him. And he says, basically, like, how do you like it? And Ray runs away after Joe basically beats him up. Um, Joe consoles Donna, who's obviously really upset about what had happened. Um, she invites him inside and she's thanking him and he tells her he came back because he realized that he's like an idiot and he really likes her but he's happy he came back because you know he was able to protect her from crazy ray and they share their very first kiss so it's very cute between the two of them um they seem to like each other now and joe seemingly i mean seems like a nice guy I mean, we also thought Ray was a nice guy in the first episode, too, if you remember, because she was, she chose him over Griffin, which probably in hindsight, not such a great idea, Donna. So then we see Valerie and David. They're still at the Peach Pit, I guess, because she has to hang around because it is her club. Um, and they are kissing. And then he comes clean with her about the love potion. And she tells him there's no such thing as love potion she's saying that this is real it's not the love potion so he thinks that they drank it even though steve and claire drank it um but she's saying no i like you it's real so the next morning steve is having coffee with david and valerie um and they comment about uh claire sleeping over at the walsh house so claire and uh steve had a sleepover but it's also weird that David and Steve are talking about it because David doesn't think to, I mean, I understand he likes Valerie, but that's his ex-girlfriend. He dated her for a year and just has no care in the world that his, one of his best friends is now dating his ex-girlfriend or just clearly slept with his ex-girlfriend. Um, I mean, this group is very incestuous. Um, then a cop comes by. And, well, this is all at the beach trip. Cops come by with a picture of Madame Raven. Asks if anyone see her. Um, basically saying she's selling some fake love potion. And she's just kind of this scam artist and full of, you know, bullshit. Uh, but they all play dumb, which is kind of funny. So then uh, we see Tony and Dylan taking a walk on uh, by the pier. And because she asks him... He's decided he's now getting rid of his gun and he tosses it in the ocean. So we thought he got it, you know, got rid of it, but now he officially has gotten rid of the gun. Um, they, I mean, I, I don't know. He definitely got rid of it, but they brought it back or maybe got another one. But they decide that they are going to move. They are going to go to Hawaii together. Uh, he's got his mom there. He's got a sister there. They're going to move to Hawaii. They're going to, you know, start a life together. And um, it's interesting. He he promises he's going to do something with his life. So he seemingly has gotten over this vendetta with her father. And she, now knowing that who her father is, she is uh, choosing a life with Dylan. And they are going to be together. 
Um, and I guess they've decided the best thing for them is to leave and move elsewhere together. So that is where the episode ends. And tidbits. Okay, so, very weird. I obviously saw, and I said, that the name of the episode was Gypsies, Cramps, and Fleas. However, I saw on that on a few play, uh, you know, places, but then I saw elsewhere it was referred to as Halloween Six. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what the actual title is, but we can go with Halloween Six, Gyp- Gypsies, Cramps, and Fleas, because um, I just, I don't know. Uh, also, this episode was co-written by Christina Elise, so Emily Valentine still writing some episodes. Um, songs for this episode. Uh, Cramps performed two songs, The Cramps. Uh, they had Ultra Twist and uh, Strange Love, which is a cover, really good song, actually. And then a um, song I love because I love the movie, uh, when Valerie and David are watching Madame Raven. The song is Love Potion, number nine by The Searches. Uh, Searchers. If you have not seen Love Potion, number nine, see it. It's a really good movie with Sandra Bullock, kind of before she was Sandra Bullock. So I decided for this episode, I would do the spotlight on the band The Cramps. So I knew them. So they were they were more of a punk band, I think. Um... So when I looked it up, it said garage punk, goth belly, horror punk. So I guess that was kind of their, I don't know, genre, if you will. The band formed in 1976, and they were still performing until 2009. They had a few different names also, besides the Cramps. Um, And then they also, I think, had like a significant amount of band members changing. Uh, they're a New York, New York uh, band. I think they were probably mostly popular in the 80s into the 90s. Um, and apparently the lead singer, uh, Lux Interior, I don't know if that's his real name. I can't imagine his name is Lux Inter- Interior. Um, it's not his real name. His name is Eric Lee Perkshire, but he went by Lux Interior. And he was the lead singer of the band. Um, Apparently, um, he was married to, I think, another member of the band. So it was like a husband-wife duo. But yeah, like I said, they had a mix in and out of band members. Um, They were a part of the early CBGB uh, punk rock movement in New York. Um, If you don't know, CBGB was like a really popular I guess it was more punk but a lot of bands performed there Uh, it was a huge spot um, for bands and I think you know a lot of places um, a lot of bands maybe got their start playing there it's in um, I think it's in the West Village or was in the West Village it closed it's not around anymore I think it's been closed for uh, I don't know, five, ten years now, maybe. Because um, I remember it was like a big deal when it closed. But um, yeah, it was a really popular place in the uh, New York City. And 
Yeah, so the, the Cramps apparently, but um, I guess Lux Interior was always in the band because I think he's the lead singer. Um, and he died, um, I guess, in 2009. So that is when the band, um, the band decided to completely, uh, you know, stop performing because he uh, he was the lead singer. He and he died. And he was, um, yeah, I looked it up because when he died in 2009, I was like, I didn't imagine he was that old. Uh, he's not. He was 62. Um, so I don't know, uh, you know, exactly, but it said he had, um, I think he had um, a heart issue or something uh, that um, I guess was the cause of his death, which is sad because he was a pretty young guy. But um yeah, that is it for the cramps and the um, spotlight and the fun facts and tidbits for this episode. Thank you all for listening to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and on the next episode, we are going over season six, episode nine called Earthquake Weather. So we will see you then, and thanks again for listening.